welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Hey everybody, it's your Wynn Ruffin, and I pray all is well with everyone, and your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for yourselves and everyone else all over the world. Let us be grateful and give thanks and praises that we made it this far and begin to respect the earth in our time morning. But let us also be sure to send up prayers of love and comfort for those that are grieving the loss of loved ones. And since we never know when our day is done and knowing that we will be held accountable for our actions, let us start now and leading into 2023, 4-5-6, reflect the spirit of our own mighty I Am Presence more often by allowing the loving spirit of the living God within us to direct our thoughts and actions, because it matters, and by minimizing unnecessary distractions and focusing on our own mighty I Am Presence we will begin to experience the transformative power of our loving energy in our individual lives and around the world. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and life. And y'all be loved. In the heavens, the divine wisdom appears before the eyes of the angels as light. In the Lord there is love and there is wisdom. Love in him is being, se, and wisdom in him is existence, existere. Nevertheless, these are not two in him but one. For wisdom is of love and love is of wisdom. And from this union, which is reciprocal, they become one. And that one is the divine love, which appears in the heavens before the angels as a sun. The reciprocal union of the divine wisdom and the divine love is meant by these words of the Lord, Philip, believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? Believe me, that I am in the Father and the Father in me. John 14 10, 11, and by these words, I and the Father are one, John 10 30. These two, which are one in the Lord to do indeed, proceed from him as a son as two distinct things, wisdom is light and love is heat, but they proceed as distinct in appearance, for in themselves they are not distinct, for the light is of the heat and the heat is of the light, and in every least point they are one, as is true of our sun, for whatever proceeds from the sun is the sun in the least parts, and thus universally in all. It is said, every point and least part, but this does not mean a point or least part of space, for that does not pertain to the divine, for the divine is spiritual and not natural. Since wisdom and love proceed from the Lord as a sun in appearance as two distinct things, wisdom under the form of light, and love under the perception of heat, therefore they are received by the angels as two distinct things, some receiving more of the heat, which is love, and some more of the light, which is wisdom, and in consequence the angels of all the heavens are distinguished into two kingdoms. Those that have received more of the heat, which is love than of the light, which is wisdom, make one kingdom, and are called celestial angels, 
and of such the highest heavens are formed. But those that have received more of the light which is wisdom than of the heat which is love, make the other kingdom, and are called spiritual angels, and of such the lower heavens are formed. It is said that these have received more of the light, which is wisdom than of the heat, which is love, but this excess is an apparent excess, for they are wise only so far as the love with them makes one with the wisdom, and consequently, spiritual angels are not called wise but intelligent. Thus, much respecting light in the Lord and from the Lord and in the angels. The divine wisdom that appears in the heavens as light is not light in its essence, but it clothes itself with light that it may appear before the sight of the angels. In its essence wisdom is the divine truth, and the light is its appearance and correspondence. It is the same with the light of wisdom as with the heat of love, that has been spoken of above. As light corresponds to wisdom, and the Lord is the divine wisdom, so in the word, in many passages, the Lord is called the light, as in the following, He was the true light, that lighteth every man coming into the world, John 1 9. Jesus said, I am the light of the world, he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life, John 8 12. Jesus said, Yet a little while is the light with you, walk while ye have the light, lest the darkness seize you. While ye have the light believe on the light, that ye may be the sons of the light. I have come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth on me may not abide in darkness. John 12 35, 36, 46, and in many other passages. His divine wisdom was also represented by his garments when he was transfigured, that, they appeared as light, glistening and white as snow, so as no fuller on earth can whiten them, Mark 9 3, Matthew 17 2. Garments signify in the word the truths of wisdom, and in consequence all angels in the heavens appear clothed in accordance with the truths of their knowledge, intelligence, and wisdom. That light is an appearance of wisdom, and its correspondence is evident in heaven but not in the world, for in heaven there is no other light than spiritual light, which is the light of wisdom, and which illuminates all things there that exist from the divine love. With the angels, wisdom enables them to understand these things in their essence, and light enables them to see these things in their form, therefore, there is light in the heavens in an equal degree with the wisdom of the angels. In the highest heavens the light is like flame and glowing as if from the most highly burnished gold, because they are in wisdom. In the lower heavens the light is bright and shining as if from the most highly polished silver because they are in intelligence. In the lowest heavens the light is like the noonday light of the world because they are in knowledge. The light of the higher heavens is bright, just like a star that glitters and shines brightly in itself in the night time, and the light is continual because the sun there never sets. It is the same light as that which enlightens the understanding of those men in the world who love to become wise, but it does not appear to them, because they are natural and not spiritual. It can appear, for it has appeared to me, but before the eyes of my spirit. It has also been granted me to perceive that in the light of the highest heaven I was in wisdom, in the light of the second heaven in intelligence, and in the light of the lowest heaven in knowledge, while in merely natural light I was in ignorance of spiritual things. That I might know in what light the learned in the world are at the present day, two ways were seen by me, one was called the way of wisdom and the other the way of folly. At the end of the way of wisdom there was a palace in light, but at the end of the way of folly there was something like a palace, but in shade. About three hundred of the learned were there assembled, and they were permitted to choose which way they would take, and two hundred and sixty were seen to enter the way of folly, and only forty the way of wisdom. Those who took the way of wisdom entered the palace that was in light, where there were magnificent things, and garments of fine linen were given them, and they became angels, while those who went in the way of folly wished to enter that which appeared like a palace in the shade, and behold, it was a theater of actors, 
and there they put on stage garments and masks and talked nonsense and became fools. I was afterwards told that such and so numerous at the present day are the learned fools who are in natural light, as compared with the learned wise who are in spiritual light, and that those of spiritual light who love to understand whether that which another says is true, while those of natural light who merely love to confirm what has been said by another. Divine Wisdom, by Emanuel Svedenborg, 1762-3 unfathomable mysteries of the Christian religion since it is perfectly human. Have we not a letter written by one of the most respected fathers of the church to this same Jerome, which shows better than whole volumes their traditionary policy? This is what St. Gregory of Nazianzen wrote to his friend and confidant St. Jerome, nothing can impose better on a people than verbiage, the less they understand the more they admire. Our fathers and doctors have often said, not what they thought, but what circumstances and necessity forced them to. But to return to our Sophia A. Kamath and the belief of the genuine, primitive Christians. After having produced Ilda Bath, Ilda from a child, and Bath from the egg, or Bath, a waste, a desolation, Sophia A. Kamath suffered so much from the contact with matter, that after extraordinary struggles she escapes at last out of the muddy chaos. Although unacquainted with the Pleroma, the region of her mother, she reached the middle space and succeeded in shaking off the material parts which have stuck to her spiritual nature after which she immediately built a strong barrier between the world of intelligences, spirits, and the world of matter. Ildabath, is thus the son of darkness, the creator of our sinful world, the physical portion of it. He follows the example of Bythos and produces from himself six stellar spirits, sons. They are all in his own image and reflections one of the other, which become darker as they successively recede from their father. With the latter, they all inhabit seven regions disposed like a ladder, beginning under the middle space, the region of their mother, Sophia A. Kamath, and ending with our Earth, the seventh region. Thus, they are the genii of the seven planetary spheres of which the lowest is the region of our Earth, the sphere which surrounds it, our ether. The respective names of these genii of the spheres are Love, Jehovah, Sabaoth, Adonai, Eloi, Oreos, Astaphios. The first four, as everyone knows, are the mystic names of the Jewish Lord God, He being, as C.W. King expresses it, thus degraded by the Ephites into the appellations of the subordinates of the Creator, the two last names are those of the genii of fire and water. Ildabath, whom several sects regarded as the God of Moses, was not a pure spirit, he was ambitious and proud, and rejecting the spiritual light of the middle space offered him by his mother Sophia Akamath, he set himself to create a world of his own. Aided by his sons, the six planetary genii, he fabricated man, but this one proved a failure. It was a monster, soulless, ignorant, and crawling on all fours on the ground like a material beast. Ildabath was forced to implore the help of his spiritual mother. She communicated to him a ray of her divine light, and so animated man and endowed him with a soul, and now began the animosity of Ildabath toward his own creature. H.P. Blavatsky Following the impulse of the divine light, man soared higher and higher in his aspirations, very soon he began presenting not the image of his creator Ilda Bath but rather that of the supreme being, the primitive man, Enya. 
Then the Demiurgus was filled with rage and envy, and fixing his jealous eye on the abyss of matter, his looks envenomed with passion were suddenly reflected in it as in a mirror, the reflection became animate, and there arose out of the abyss Satan, serpent, a phiomorphos, the embodiment of envy and of cunning. He is the union of all that is most base in matter, with the hate, envy, and craft of a spiritual intelligence. After that, always in spite of the perfection of man, Ildabath created the three kingdoms of nature, the mineral, vegetable, and animal, with all evil instincts and properties. Impotent to annihilate the tree of knowledge which grows in his sphere as in every one of the planetary regions but bent upon detaching man from his spiritual protectress, Ildabath forbade him to eat of its fruit, for fear it should reveal to mankind the mysteries of the superior world. But Sophia A. Cameth, who loved and protected the man whom she had animated, sent her own genius office, in the form of a serpent to induce man to transgress the selfish and unjust command. And man suddenly became capable of comprehending the mysteries of creation. Ildabath revenged himself by punishing the first pair, for man, through his knowledge, had already provided for himself a companion out of his spiritual and material half. He imprisoned man and woman in a dungeon of matter, in the body so unworthy of his nature, wherein man is still enthralled. But Achameth protected him still. She established between her celestial region and man, a current of divine light, and kept constantly supplying him with this spiritual illumination. Then follow allegories embodying the idea of dualism, or the struggle between good and evil, spirit and matter, which is found in every cosmogony, and the source of which is again to be sought in India. The types and antitypes represent the heroes of this Gnostic pantheon, borrowed from the most ancient mythopoeic ages. But in these personages, Ophis and Ephiomorphos, Sophia and Sophia A. Cameth, Adam Codman and Adam, the planetary genii and the divine eons, we can also recognize very easily the models of our biblical copies the humorized patriarchs. The archangels, angels, virtues, and powers are all found under other names in the Vedas and the Buddhistic system. The Avestic Supreme Being, Zero Anna or Boundless Time, is the type of all these Gnostic and Kabbalistic depths, crowns, and even of the Chaldean and Sof. The six Amshaspans, created through the word of Ormazd, the firstborn, have their reflections in Bithos and his emanations, and the antitype of Ormazd, Araman and his devs also enter into the composition of Ildabaoth and his six material, though not wholly evil, planetary genii. Achameth, afflicted with the evils which befall humanity, notwithstanding her protection, beseeches the celestial mother Sophia, her antitype, to prevail on the unknown depth to send down Christos, the sun and emanation of the celestial virgin, to the help of perishing humanity. Ildabaoth and his six sons of matter are shutting out the divine light from mankind. Man must be saved. H.P. Blavatsky Ildabaoth had already sent his own agent, John the Baptist, from the race of Seth, whom he protects, as a prophet to his people, but only a small portion listened to him, the Nazarenes, the opponents of the Jews, on account of their worshipping Ayurboadani. Achameth had assured her son, Ildabaoth, that the reign of Christos would be only temporal, and thus induced him to send the forerunner or precursor. Besides that, she made him cause the birth of the man Jesus from the Virgin Mary, her own type on earth, for the creation of a material personage could only be the work of the Demiurgus, not falling within the province of a higher power. As soon as Jesus was born, Christos, the perfect, uniting himself with Sophia, wisdom and spirituality, descended through the seven planetary regions, assuming in each an analogous form, 
and concealing his true nature from their genii, while he attracted into himself the sparks of divine light which they retained in their essence. Thus, Christos entered into the man Jesus at the moment of his baptism in the Jordan. From that time Jesus began to work miracles, before that, he had been completely ignorant of his mission. Ildebath, discovering that Christos was bringing to an end his own kingdom of matter, stirred up the Jews against him, and Jesus was put to death. When on the cross, Christos and Sophia left his body and returned to their own sphere. The material body of the man Jesus was abandoned to the earth, but he himself was given a body made up of ether, astral soul. Thenceforward he consisted of merely soul and spirit, which was the reason why the disciples did not recognize him after the resurrection. In this spiritual state of a simulacrum, Jesus remained on earth for 18 months after he had risen. During this last sojourn, he received from Sophia that perfect knowledge, that true gnosis, which he communicated to the very few among the apostles who were capable of receiving the same. Thence, ascending up into the middle space, he sits on the right hand of Ildabath, but unperceived by him, and there collects all the souls which shall have been purified by the knowledge of Christ. When he has collected all the spiritual light that exists in matter, out of Ildabath's empire, the redemption will be accomplished, and the world will be destroyed. Such is the meaning of the reabsorption of all the spiritual light into the pleroma or fullness, whence it originally descended. The foregoing is from the description given by Theodoric and adopted by King and his Gnostics, with additions from Epiphanius and Irenaeus. But the former gives a very imperfect version, concocted partly from the descriptions of Irenaeus, and partly from his own knowledge of the later Ephites, who, toward the end of the 3rd century, had blended already with several other sects. Irenaeus also confounds them very frequently, and the real theogony of the Ephites is given by none of them correctly. With the exception of a change in names, the above given theogony is that of all the Gnostics, and also of the Nazarenes. H.P. Blavatsky People have used their authority of conscious command and conscious control and conscious direction of the energy of life to the creation of evil. Here we are, in the Ascended Master's octave, uncountable legions of the angels of the sacred fire, with power unlimited to wipe out all mankind's evil everywhere in the world. And mankind has but to reach up, use the authority of the beloved I Am Presence, and demand the manifestations of the cosmic flame of cosmic victory that reveal the authority and the control, and the power of the angelic host's presence in this world to put an end to mankind's frightful experiment with evil. So beloved ones, the angelic host are your friends. They are almighty. They are invincible. They are all authority of perfection, and their love is indescribable in the power and the beauty. Their love and their mercy are certainly the heart of God, the mighty I Am Presence, and the Ascended Host, to lift life out of these conditions in which mankind has struggled age after age. And now the end of the age is here, and the cycle of the angelic host's assistance to mankind, and the power of the sacred fire love and mastery in this world must come and take its dominion, reveal its blessing, and give to life the perfection that raises all in this world into our Ascended Master octave of freedom. And there will never be freedom except it comes this way. No part of life can have freedom without the assistance of that part that is greater than itself. So we offer this tonight. I'm not giving you anything that is not practical, we are real. This power is in the universe. 
It is the perfection of our octave and our life, and this world needs it. So, if you will demand the cosmic sun presence of the angelic host's cosmic flame of cosmic victory that reveals their sacred fire mastery over everything that is of evil here, and you demand that sacred fire, be established in these positions of trust, authority, influence, and control in the physical octave, you will find very little delay in our answering your calls. And that delay won't be from our side of life. If you gain a momentum of this quickly enough, it will save no end of suffering by those in the outer world that are trying to hold to the constructive way of life but do not know how to protect themselves. So let us go forward. And if you want to be part of the legions of the angelic hosts control of this world, give this call, and we will never be away from you. Applause, audience rising. Thank you so much. Beloved Archangel Michael. While you are standing just a moment, I want to say one more thing. Call this into action, and establish this sun presence in every school in your land, with the demand the cosmic flame of cosmic victory puts an end to communist teaching infiltration, and anything and everything that is of the hordes of evil that acts through those channels to try to ruin the younger generation. And you will find a change taking place that will bless everyone for eternity. Thank you, and won't you be seated? One more thing. Demand that every human being on this earth be compelled to be made aware of the reality of the angelic host and forced to see an angel of the sacred fire stand in eternal authority and control and behold the mastery of the angelic host's sacred fire, over the evil everywhere that has enslaved the people of earth. And you will find the manifestations and the miracles of our presence a very practical help in time of trouble. Give us this opportunity and come forward with us and you shall have all the manifestations you desire, of the proof of our presence, the reality of our power, and the victory which we command made manifest to bless you, and through you become eternal to the earth. So, I commend you to the mightiest victory of eternity, and the sacred fire of the angelic host's assistance to life can blaze forever its cosmic activity of illumination, and the intelligence mankind requires to turn Godward, and put an end to the distress through which human beings have passed in this world. And let us have the victory for which you have called made manifest by the sacred fire of the angelic host as soon as possible, established in this world for eternity. And thank you with all my heart. Beloved Archangel Michael,